This is the Real People, Real God podcast. From our studio in Martinsburg, West Virginia, we welcome you to join us on a journey of discovering God. Pastor Chris, Pastor Darla, and Pastor Tim discuss the believer's role in God's master plan. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back. Glad to have everyone here with us. This is part four of our Colossians Bible study that we're doing, and um, been having a great time with this. I'm uh, just so excited to go through this and and uh, just learn more about uh, Jesus and our relationship with Him and God's plan. And it's just really awesome stuff. Um, so I do get quite excited about this, but um, for good reason. Uh, so we're in Col- the book of Colossians, and uh, we're going to start Colossians chapter one and verse nineteen. Um, we're only getting a handful of verses each time, but that's okay. There's no time frame uh, on this. Um, so uh, let me read uh, verse 19, and I'm going to read down through probably uh, the end of 23, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about some of this. So in verse 19, For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Okay, so Paul, once again, uh, is talking to the church, to the to the body in, uh, in uh, Colossae, Colossae, however you correctly pronounce that. Um, and so what he's talking about here is he's talking about reconciliation. And that's kind of what this focus is going to be on um, is what that means at reconciliation. So, for it pleased the Father that in Him, uh, in Him meaning Jesus, in Him all the fullness should dwell. I mean, what are we talking about? What's He talking about this fullness here? And His fullness is the totality of God. And and so what, what He's saying here is it pleased God, that's the Father, God the Father, that in Jesus... All the fullness should dwell. Now, if you remember from a previous study, we talked about um, Jesus being, you know, the Word of God, um, as accord- according to John chapter one, being the Word of God, um, and uh, the 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 man Jesus being the um, expression, the human expression of God, and so all the fullness of God, so all that God is dwells in Jesus. That's the fullness. His power, his love, his mercy, his grace, you know, all that he is, the fullness of who he is. And it pleased God that uh, the fullness of him would dwell in Jesus. So that was his good pleasure. So that's what he wanted. And it says, and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven. And so uh, this fullness uh, that dwelled in Jesus, and it says, and by him to reconcile. Now, let's talk about reconcile here for a second. To reconcile is to make things right. So, if Jesus is, is needing to reconcile, then there must be something wrong. 
so somebody must have done something wrong to God, um, and therefore they need reconciled or or made right in his eyes. And so that wrong was sin, and we know that. Uh, we know that Adam and Eve sinned in the garden in the beginning, uh, and that just passed down through the generations. We're born into sin. We know that. Um, so Jesus, with the fullness of God in him, um, came to reconcile all things to himself. And so therefore, he made right what man had done wrong through the temptation of, of Satan. And so therefore, Jesus brings us back to the place, to the relationship we had with God in the beginning, uh, back in the garden in Genesis. And so he brings us back. He reconciles and makes us right. So by the cross, Jesus brought all that was wrong and uh, alienated back to him under his lordship because man was alienated from God because of his sin and Jesus brings him back um, under his lordship, brings us back. So that's what the reconciliation uh, means. So in, in Jesus, all the fullness of God dwells and by him to reconcile all things to himself. So he made everything right. Uh, he made all of us right. Um, whether things on the earth or things in heaven. So it doesn't matter if it's us or, or the earth itself, because if you remember, the earth was cursed as well. So it all has to be made right. And that's why Jesus came to reconcile and to make it right. Um, and it says, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Now, this is, this is interesting, too. I want to stop here for a minute because this is so important. Reconciliation requires peace. Uh, in other words, before we're reconciled, we're not living in peace. Before we're reconciled, we're living in contention. We're living uh, in sin. Uh, we're living where, where there's a, a battle between right and wrong. Um, we're not living in close relationship with, with the Lord uh, because of our sin. Uh, and so, therefore, we're living essentially in turmoil. Because if something doesn't happen, um, then we are going to live eternally in agony and in pain and in suffering like we've never known, like no man has ever known. Um, so there needs to be peace. <coughs> Excuse me. There needs to be peace. And so Jesus came with the fullness of God in him to reconcile all things to himself and by him um, having made peace through the blood of his cross. So it's the cross of Jesus when, when he was on the cross um, that he made peace. He made peace for all of us. Now, that doesn't mean that every person that's ever born receives peace. There, there's an act we have to do on our part, and that is surrender to him and believe in him and live for him according to God's word. Um, and then we can live in peace. And that doesn't mean that difficulties won't come our way. See, that's really not what peace is. So a lot of people are thinking, when you think peace, they're thinking of uh, uh, the, the opposite of war or the absence of war is peace. Not necessarily, not biblically. Peace is... Um, not so much that there's uh, not a war, but peace is, is that no matter what you're going through, you are confident um, 
and who you are and, and who the Lord is to you, that he's going to carry you through that, not just for tomorrow, but for eternity. Peace can't depend just on tomorrow. Peace has to go all the way through eternity or it's not true peace. So God blesses us and gives us peace here on earth, but also for eternity. So therefore, if we know where we're going, then nothing on this earth can take that away from us. No pain, no suffering, no financial distress, nothing like that. So uh, we we are uh, always, uh, without peace, we're in always contending and fighting in, in our minds and trying to understand things and we're afraid and, and the list goes on and on. But with peace, it, we know that we're with the Lord no matter what. So no matter what happens to us here on this planet, that uh, Jesus... He gives us that peace, that eternal peace. So that's that's what he's talking about. He makes peace through the blood of his cross. Um, in verse 21, it says, And you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death. Um, so, so what we're talking about here is we were alienated and enemies in our mind by wicked works. See, that's that's the sin that we lived in. And so therefore, uh, we were always alienated from God, always. And there was, there, we, there was no peace in this, no peace in our minds, no peace in our hearts. And, and you probably, many of you can attest to this, uh, before your salvation, before you came to know Jesus, there was not peace in your heart. There was a lot of uncertainty. There was a lot of unanswered questions there there was a lot of things that just left you fearful and 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 many people in turmoil and anxiety and all that and when you came to know Jesus even though there's still a lot to learn um, when you came to know Jesus there was a there was this peace that said okay I may not know everything I may not understand everything but it's really going to be okay it's really going to be okay um, and, and that's that peace. Um, so he is reconciled in the body of his flesh through death. And so his goal here, his goal here is to, to present us holy and blameless and above, re, above reproach in his sight. So let's talk about this blameless thing uh, for a minute. So right now, without Jesus, we can be blamed. What do I mean by that? What I mean is the sin that you did, the act that you did, or the sinful thought that you had. You are guilty of having that thought. You are guilty of doing that sin. So therefore, you can be blamed. You can be blamed because it was your fault and no one else's. We're responsible for our own lives. We're responsible for our own actions. And so therefore, if we were to stand before God without Jesus and he, and he judges us, we're guilty. We can be blamed because we did it. So blameless means that we can no longer be blamed. And how is that even possible? Well, that's possible because of Jesus and, and the reconciliation. He, he re reconciled us. He restored us back to the Father through his death. Um, and so he, his goal is to present us holy. That means set apart for God's perfect work, which is eternal. We're um, holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. In other words, we can't be blamed uh, if we know Jesus. Now, there's always um, uh, 
Maybe an if is the way to put that uh, with this. And that's what happens in verse 23. <clears throat> it says, if indeed you continue in the faith. Okay, so let, let's bring this together here because we want to make sure we understand this. So we are reconciled through Jesus and, and all the fullness of God dwells in him. And he came to reconcile us and, and the creation back to himself to make us right with God. Uh, even though we were alienated, he brought us back through his death. And so his goal is to present us holy and blameless and abro- above reproach in his sight. All right, so we're going to stand before God. And when we stand before God, he's going to look at us and he's going to say one of two things. No, I'm not saying verbatim because I don't know what God's exactly going to say. But he's going to say, you know, welcome. Come into the come into the kingdom. Or he's going to say, uh, I never knew you. And what a harsh judgment that would be for us, for anyone. And so what we want and what this is saying is when he looks upon us, when God looks upon us, that he sees Jesus. He sees the blood of Jesus cover us um, and, and knows that that sacrifice that Jesus made was for each and every one of us. And so, therefore, we cannot be blamed because Jesus took that blame for us. He took that punishment. See, one thing we have to remember is the Scripture tells us that, um, that the, uh, the punishment of, of for sin is death. It's death, eternal death. In other words, always dying, <laughs> always suffering. And, and that's the penalty. And so Jesus came and took that penalty on our behalf. And so therefore, you know, we, by believing in him and trusting in him and living for him, um, we cannot be blamed for that sin. Now, something to keep in mind with that, and that's where this verse twenty. Uh, 3 comes into play. Verse 23 tells us this is the action on our part because we've always got an action on our part. If indeed you continue in the faith. So the act is is that we need to continue in this relationship with Jesus. We must continue. And it even tells us, Paul even tells us, says, um, continue in the faith grounded and steadfast. Grounded and steadfast. In other words, unmovable. In other words, believing in the word of God. Trusting in his promises. Believing what he says. And not moving off of it no matter what. No matter the influence in the world. No matter the influence of government. No matter what. Standing on God's word. um, And uh, uh, being steadfast and strong. And it also says, And are not moved away from the hope of the gospel. What's the hope of the gospel? It's eternal life. Hope of the gospel is eternal life. That's believing that that what God says in his word, uh, like John 3, 16, you know, that we'll have eternal life. Um, that's what that is. That's hope in that gospel. And, and so therefore, um, he says, um, not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you heard, which was preached to you, every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. So if you've heard the gospel... There's no excuse. If you've heard the gospel message, the message of Jesus Christ, there is no excuse. Uh, 
Um, and so therefore, uh, he, he's made a way. He's made a way for each and every person to trust and to believe. Um, he, he's made it possible for each one to be reconciled. But we, as people, have to do verse 23. We have to do that. We have to continue in the faith. Let's talk about that for a brief second. <clears throat> talk, um, to uh, continue in the faith, you know, the, the fa- our faith comes. Faith is not just just believing. Um, our, our English language is really kind of loose with that word. Um, but but faith is um, faith comes. It's a gift from God, and it comes through His Word. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So hearing what God says, God's promises, um, His precepts, all those things, um, believing in them, believing in Him. Um, if we uh, believe those things and trust in Him and His Word, that's faith. Uh, our faith grows by reading the Word of God. Our faith grows uh, by learning to trust God more in all uh, different circumstances in our lives. Um, but it comes out of the Word of God. It just doesn't happen. If you've not heard the Word of God in one shape, form, or another, you're not going to really understand or have true faith. Somebody's either had to tell you, or you've had to read it, or hear it, or something. So that's where faith comes from. Without, without the Word of God, faith cannot exist. Uh, God has to give us the, the Word, the promise, um, and then, then we hold on to it. And then we say, oh yes, I believe. And that's where our hope, our eternal hope comes from. So he's telling us you got to continue in the faith. If you want to pre- be presented to God holy and blameless and above reproach, then you've got to continue in the faith. You've got to continue in the faith. It's as simple as that. You have to be grounded. You have to be steadfast. We're not talking about being a perfect role model here, although that should be something we strive for. But what we're talking about, what Paul's talking about, is to continue in the faith. Faith doesn't mean you've perfected anything. Faith means you're trusting in the Lord, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ um, to cover your sin. You trust in Him to grow you and mature you in His Word, and and um, you you trust to hear His voice in your life, and 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 that kind of thing. So um, that's what that means. And and you're grounded. You believe this Word more than anything. You um, you trust in His Word, and um, that reminds me of a scripture I want to turn to here real quick. Um, that just came to me, and I want to share it with you, because even through the Old Testament, uh, when they had the law and so on, um, it was very, the Word of God was so very important. Uh, In the Old Testament, the Word of God was the law of God, and the prophets, and and those, you know, the the people that God spoke through. Um, And then in New Testament times, the the Word of God for us is the whole Bible, the Old and the New Testament. Um, So they really took to God's word. It it was such a, a part of their lives. Um, let me see where I can find this. Um, in Psalm, Psalm 1, the very first Psalm. Listen to this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, 
and in his law he meditates day and night. Now, when it says law here, you can you can safely insert um, God's word there because it's the same thing. So his delight, uh, the 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 man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners. That man who is trying to live for the Lord, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And his on, in his law, he meditates day and night. And it goes on to say, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its seasons, whose leaf shall not wither, uh, and whatever he does shall prosper. So this is um, this is Psalm. This is this is how important the Word of God is. Meditate on it day and night. Know what God's Word says. This is how we get to know God by reading His Word, by reading the Scriptures. Sometimes you can't understand things. Um, I suggest you write them down. If you don't, pray about them. Ask somebody, um, and then eventually God will reveal those things to you. But if you never get into this word, you're never gonna, you're never gonna understand, and you just have to ask the Holy Spirit to help you and uh, to to uncover the truths that He wants you to know. Um, so this is what it means to continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, not moved away from the hope of the gospel, uh, which we had heard. So this is how we uh, continue our walks as believers. That, that way, when that day comes, when the Lord Jesus comes back, how, however, whenever that might be, he's going to present us holy and blameless, blameless and above reproach to God. And he's going to say, here is your child. Here is your son. Here is your daughter. I present them to you holy and ready, ready to, come, to be with you for eternity. That's what I want. That's what I want said when I stand in front of God. Um, and I want to do my best to to continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and not be moved away. It's easy to be moved away. It really is. Because of uh, our society, of the evil in our world, the influence that's all around us, it's, it's quite easy, actually, to be honest. It's quite easy to be, to be moved from the hope of the gospel. But this is why it's so important to to be in this relationship, to foster this relationship with the Holy Spirit, to read the Word of God. The more we read it, the more it, it solidifies in our hearts and our minds and becomes part of our life. Um, it is so very important. Uh, you know, sometimes people think, oh, reading the Bible is boring or whatever. Well, it can be if you want it to be. Um, but uh, I have not found that to be the case. There's just so much truth in here, uh, in the scriptures, uh, that God wants us to know. And the mysteries of the kingdom, it's all here. And we just have to take the action and read it. And don't give up if you don't understand. You know, try a, a new King James Version or maybe an NIV or something if you don't understand what you're reading. But don't give up. Don't read it and say, I can't get it. It's too deep for me and give up. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Give it a chance. Uh, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Um, but this is where you're going to learn about God. Uh, and this is how you're going to be able to continue in the faith. You're going to be reading the Word of God, learning the Word of God, uh, learning how God feels about things and, 
and what hurts him and what brings him joy. And, and I mean, isn't that what you would want to know about your father, about your heavenly father? Wouldn't you want to please him? Wouldn't you want to make him happy? Wouldn't you want to know what upsets him so you knew not to do it? It's all right in the scriptures. So continue. Continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and don't be moved away from the hope of the gospel, because that's where it all is. Everything is laid on the line. Everything is laid on the line of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we'll stop right there in verse um, 23. We'll pick up in uh, verse 24 in, in part 5, but uh, um, I just want to uh, encourage you to continue to read the word. Uh, if you have a comment for us, please let us know. You can uh, send us an email at uh, info at valleyviewchapel.net, and uh, we'd be happy to, to comment and to respond. Um, and uh, we're going to continue with our with our uh, study in Colossians, and, and we invite you back to that. Um, so subscribe to this uh, podcast so you'll get notifications when uh, when it does uh, 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 is published. So you can join us with that, and uh, uh, we just so, so appreciate you being able to join us on this Bible study. And uh, we're going to continue on uh, in part five. So we'll see you there, and uh, God bless. Until next time, thank you for listening to the Real People, Real God podcast. Your hosts were Pastor Chris Shepherdson, Pastor Darla Lee, and Pastor Tim Howard. Intro music was Wishful Thinking by Dan Lebowitz. Outro music was On the Windy Road by Dan Lebowitz. This podcast was produced in Martinsburg, West Virginia by Tim Howard. Thank you for joining us.